Todd and Rob in, in the, the afternoon. afternoon. Hey, afternoon With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And here we are. And uh, we're hot off a hot event. And we're back uh, back with the new media show. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing terrific, Todd. It's great to be back doing the doing the show. I know we took a little bit of a break there, but uh, we had a big show down at Podcast Movement as well. So that's actually in the feed. And if you wanted to go check that out, if you haven't uh, watched that uh, that particular episode live on stage at Podcast Movement, uh, go check it out. And I do have the video of it. So we'll be getting the video up in a couple of days. That came through. So that'll be happening. Uh, before we introduce our guest, though, I do want to uh, give a shout out. We did get some boost and uh, from the audience. I do want to just uh, recognize that before we get in to, uh, to the topic at hand today, which I'm sure many of you have been awaiting. So we got 2121 Sats from Moritz from Albie. Says, new media show live at Podcast Movement was a great episode. Very inspiring to listen to the panel. We got 5,000 Sats from Dave Jackson at School of Podcasting. He says, great seeing you at PM22. Ron, where is your split playing with Podverse? I, Dave, Ron who? Um, <laughs> 5, He's talking to somebody else, I think. I Tom. think so. 5,000 sats from Dave Jones. Just heard the new show live from Dallas. You guys made a lot of great points. I had not heard Tangia speak before, but she was really strong in open RSS. That was great to hear. We got 2222 sats from Lycom. It says, couldn't watch, listen to live session at the same time as doing a boost on my smartphone. Uh, duck, four ducks in a row. We got a, a Liberty Boost 1776 again from Lycom. Again, Liberty Boost. I will try to send a boost, Graham, during your live show too, if I get my ducks in a row. Uh, we got a 10,000 sats from River City Mystery. Love the show, Matt. River City Mystery Podcast. We got 1,111 sats from Relaxed Mail. Hey, Todd, is PowerPress going to incorporate podcasting 2.0 tags anytime soon? This is Brian from RelaxedMail.com. Yes, we will. And matter of fact, the transcript tag is already in place, but we do have plans going forward. Also got 1,111 sats again from Relaxed Mail. Say, so, hey, in episode 508, you were, you were thinking of LimeWire. Where you grab pirated music and movies in case the name doesn't carry through. This is Brian. Yep. We got 10,000 sats from Adam Curry. He says, hey, I got a pre-roll for the company nice.com when listening to this episode. Yes, that's programmatic and works, Adam. We got uh, 50 sats from Besea Podcast uh, for the new media show for the Latino podcast listeners by the numbers. We got 210 sats again from the same contributor. We got 2,100 sats from Moritz from Albi. He says, what a great source of insights about podcasting space. Thank you. 50 sats from Besea. Oh, this was from my other show. So I think we're caught, uh, caught up. There. We're, we're caught up. So yeah. I, I think that's a total of like 10 bucks. <laughs> hey, I'm not looking a gift horse in the mouth here. So we're, we're appreciative of all that. No, not at all. But. Rob, uh, we've kept our guests sitting quietly in the wings. Yes, do you, do you want yes. to introduce our guest today? Yeah, we're lucky to have uh, Mr. Dan Granger on with us. He's the founder and CEO of Oxford Road, and he's also a podcaster, too. He has a podcast called the 
the media roundtable he's been doing for a couple of years, and uh, he's been you know tapping into some issues uh, in the podcasting space around podcast advertising, and kind of a little bit uh, you know shades into what we're currently going through with podcast movement right now to, to some degree on these topics. Uh, around people kind of uh, disagreeing on on what's happening um, in our culture and and trying to make sure that advertisers feel like they uh, can can advertise uh, on shows and be confident about those. But uh, Dan, thanks for so much for taking some time out. I know you're busy today and and joining us. I think it's a great time to to talk about what you're what you've been doing with your podcast and with the media roundtable and, and how that, you know, kind of uh, collides with Oxford road and people like barometer and that kind of stuff. It'd be great to kind of give us kind of like a setup and then we can grill you on all the details. <laughs> sure. Well, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me on this afternoon. It is a, uh, I think it's an important moment for the industry, for the podcast industry. And for those of us that have been advocating for it for a long time, um, I think the the events that happened um, mostly online as a result of Ben Shapiro's physical presence at the Podcast Movement Conference, I think it's um, brought us to an inflection point. I think this is a moment where our industry can decide that we want to um, find a way to be able to come together as an industry in spite of a lot of differences that are dividing people in this country in all kinds of different industries where people are just parting ways. They're, they're no longer willing to work together. They're no longer willing to be uh, consuming the same types of information. Uh, they don't want to go to school at the same places. They don't want to live in the same places. And this is the moment that our community has to decide are we going to part company over our differences or is this an opportunity for us to say, you know, we can find a way to accept each other, even though we have these differences and we can even engage each other and potentially become closer and better understanding of each other because of them. And so I think this is a really critical moment for us as a community. And, um, and I'm just really glad to be part of the conversation. Um, it, I'm happy to go into a little bit of the work that we've been doing prior to this because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we've all been facing this. If you work in media, you are having to contend with the culture wars to some extent. It doesn't really matter what you do. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, this, this came to our doorstep, but we've, we've been all dealing with this uh, for a while. You know, I I started in radio. I was there for 10 years working in talk radio. And so I was already somewhat familiar with the challenges that brands had sponsoring personalities, because when a personality, when their job is to talk for hours a day, they're going to say something wrong. They're going to say something that's either taken the wrong way or was shouldn't have been said to begin with. And, uh, you know, so I had a background in dealing with that kind of thing periodically. But the phenomenon of the 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 splintering of digital content has just i think amplified everything exponentially so whereas it used to be you might see a problem every three to six months in the old world of radio now with podcast there can be a problem i've had multiple problems in a week i've had every week a different problem with a different host 
because at Oxford Road, you know, we're dealing with a thousand personalities or more and dozens of brands. And so these collisions keep happening. So what, what started, what we started to see in 2020, largely after George Floyd, I think that's when there was, I think a, a kind of a cultural revolution that we all started to experience. And I think a lot of good things started happening for many of us. I think we were all forced to confront issues that, you know, maybe we were able to ignore before that wasn't an option, but anytime there are good things happening and good intentions, you also see some people suspending nuance and context and maybe getting a little bit carried away. And something that we saw was that the advertising community, many of them, we're starting to say, Hey, you know, we're going to actually withdraw support from any shows that are, uh, political in nature. We're going to withdraw support from the news genre, or a lot of times you would see just a complete withdrawal from anybody that was conservative. And we saw people that, um, really hadn't said anything that was found to be specifically problematic during that time. We just saw advertisers leaving them simply by association with, um, you know, yeah. the, the party that they were most close, closely associated with. And, and so we started to say, you know, it, a lot of what's happening culturally is good, but we have to manage this process in a more deliberate way. And right now there's no playbook. There are, there is no, there is nowhere to go to figure out what to do when your brand is, tw- is trending on Twitter because of a podcast that you sponsored there really haven't been a lot of best practices for that. It's an issue that we've, you know, we had been experimenting with, but what we started to do is a a number of things. Number one, we said, okay, brands need resources. Brands need tools to know how to navigate these very complex dynamics that we're in culturally. And our hope was that by having a system to deal with this stuff, you could, number one, reduce the surprises when an advertiser finds themselves in the middle of a controversy that they didn't anticipate. Okay, so we can do some expectation management, but then also to give them resources so that they could be fair and have some form of a due process when something comes up. So it's not like, oh, somebody said that another person said something that was problematic in the eyes of one individual. And now therefore we're going to rip up a contract and a relationship that's been serving all parties well for several years. We're just going to throw the baby out with the bathwater because they don't fall into the right political box. And so, so, so we started, we, we launched the podcast as a media roundtable. We started talking to everybody. I mean, we started talking to podcasters literally right, left and center. Um, we had, you know, we had, David French on, we had Barry Weiss on, we had Newt Gingrich on, we had Rudy Giuliani on, we had Bob Garfield, we had left, right, center, up, down, owners, creators. And we started asking this central question, how did we get so divided in this country and what is media's part to play? And for those that are in the business of creating content, what are you doing about it to either help the problem or exacerbate the problem? These are the questions we started asking. And it was fascinating. It was, I learned so much. We partnered with the National Institute for Civil Discourse because we really wanted to find something that was going to be um, redemptive and a way for us to uh, find ways to work with each other in spite of all of our differences. 
one of the things that I came to understand is that, you know, we can complain about cancel culture all we want, but we all have a limit to what we'll accept. We all have a line that we will draw somewhere to say, I will not engage with you if you continue to speak this way or behave in this manner. You might be free to do it. It might be legal to do. And, you know, everything might be permissible, but not everything is good for sponsors, let's say. Um, And so you have to accept that we're all drawing lines here. It's just sometimes we draw them in different places. And if we can also understand that um, it doesn't have to be so binary. What I see happening in in the community and in media is um, it really is a national problem. If somebody says to you, you're insensitive because you hold a set of views and they want to part company from you, what what typically happens is the person that's been accused says, um, no, I didn't. You shouldn't feel that way. You're wrong. I didn't do it. And then, and then everybody goes to their corners and starts throwing rocks at each other. But the reality is <laughs> yeah. maybe you could have said it a little better than you did. Maybe you could have had a little more compassion and still held your mm-hmm. ground on your core beliefs. We mm-hmm. don't have to be jerks. You know, if you ever saw the big Lebowski, it's like, you're not wrong. You're just an <laughs> asshole, right? It, that, that can be at play. And we don't have to be so defensive all the time. Maybe there's something that we can listen to and grow from when these types of cancellations occur. So mm-hmm. um, so what we started to do was we developed um, a system to be able to evaluate a brand's preferences and tolerance levels for different types of what we would call brand safety and suitability issues. Uh, But we started to assess like, okay, have you made political statements? Are there issues that you're vocal on? And let's make sure that there's a through line from the values that you profess as a business. Uh, You know, we we have this shift from from uh, uh, shareholder capitalism to stakeholder (laughs) capitalism. And now we care about our communities. Right. That's real. That's a real thing. But how do we manage that? So that you're not just worried about your supply chain and your carbon footprint, but you're also worried about the footprint of your communications and what words you advance into the world. Mm -hmm. And by helping advertisers at least start to ask themselves these questions, we're able to help pair them with media that was already more in line with their tolerance levels. That was Mm -hmm. part one. Um, Part two was giving them, like we talked about, a kind of a step-by-step uh, playbook for what happens when the controversies flare up. But there was this giant piece in the middle that we found missing. And that is that nobody knows how to evaluate content objectively. You go from what you think or what you like or what you listen to, or you read the people that reacted to something who already have a bias. I always had a problem with media matters. I always had a problem with sleeping giants. When you have a group whose job is to attack people on one side, it delegitimizes their whole cause. And so so it was very important to us that we found solutions that advertisers could use to get guidance about who they were getting into bed with that didn't already have an ownership objective uh, or an ownership bias or a political bias already. We found a couple of groups. It started with AdFontes Media. And they created the media bias chart. Have you guys ever seen it? No. Okay, so if you just Google the media bias chart, it's awesome. Basically, um, what this woman, Vanessa Otero, did, and and, uh, she's she's a partner of our of our firm. Um, Now we we have um, you know we worked together to launch the media bias chart for podcasts. We actually released it at Podcast Movement last year. Okay, so what what it is is it's a there's an x axis, there's a y axis. And on the X, it's left to right political 
S. On the Y, it's reliability. How clean are your sources? How are there, is there evidence of misinformation? Are you making claims without attributing them properly and, and substantiating your claims? Things like that. They actually use somebody on the right, somebody on the left, and somebody in the center politically who have to come to an agreement about a piece of content, and then they can score these things. It's a great tool, but they didn't do it for podcasts. So we worked with them. We partnered to create a, a bias chart for news and opinion content in podcasts. That's, that was the first big step that we took. The, the next step, we, we launched this year at the podcast movement. It was so ironic that all of this is going on as we're preaching ways that we can work together right, and, and accept each other, but just deal in the realities that we find ourselves. The second thing we did is we launched, we, we partnered with a company called Barometer, mm. who created a, um, if you've seen it, a brand safety and suitability tool for podcasts, where now we yeah. have over a thousand podcasts in the system, and we can use the GARM brand safety and suitability attributes. An extra attribute that we have in there came out of the media roundtable, and it's tolerance. And we actually can use AI to assess how much it does, to me, it doesn't matter what we talk about. We should be free to talk about any topic we want. But do you do it in a way that positions yourself as us versus them? And our side is good. They are bad. They do not deserve their day in court. Or can you be fair minded? Can you can you have a good faith discussion? Um, and so we launched we, we launched that at South by Southwest this year. And then we we got out of our beta phase and and showed kind of the whole thing here at at uh, podcast movement. And then ironically, we're you know we're really I'm pitching this thing because I'm so passionate about it. Is like, look, we got to stop shutting each other down. We got to stop having this mm -hmm. this outrage industrial complex where <laughs> the attention economy. The, I'm the, stealing the that by the, the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even think I came up. With it. Please share. Please share. So, so like, so you've got this situation where for the last, you know, 10, 20 years, the internet and all of its impact on media has caused us to start rewarding bad behavior. And my thesis on this whole issue is that we need to move the carrot from rewarding the loudest voice to rewarding the highest quality voices. And that we can actually do that, not through regulations and not through cancellations, but through nutrition labels from objective third parties that can actually give consumers and sponsors more information about what they're affiliating with. And hopefully, hopefully, just as companies try to live out their values, that will cause content creators to want to port those brands and to be more thoughtful about the wedges that they're driving in our society so we can stop incentivizing the divisions. Because media is a big, big driver of all this polarization. So anyway, I'm going to shut up for a second. I've been <laughs> no, that's for a long fine. Time. But that's kind of my, that's kind of you know how we came into this. But you know, other than that, how is the conference? You know, <laughs> let's you know, let's just back up a second, and you know, I'm, I'm just going to be kind of frank. It's been a kind of a weird couple of weeks, and mm -hmm. my email inbox is indicative of those weird couple of weeks. And I, and I and I'm going to be right up front, uh, and I, I hope Rob will agree with me. We we have been on this show, purveyors of openness in podcasting, yeah, inclusion for everybody, um, diversity, the whole nine yards. That you know when this when podcasting started in 2004. Let's be frank, 
it was pretty much, with a few exceptions, mostly a white male-dominated space. Yeah. Techies, sure. comedians. There were some ladies. There wasn't very many. As time has moved on, what have right. we done? We have Thus become... Changed. Right. We have become a very diverse group of content creators, all colors, all languages, all backgrounds, underrepresented voices, the whole nine yards. And I get emotional about this because I'm very proud of where the space is at from a creator standpoint. And it stresses me to no end to see this all of a sudden this decisiveness and and split and controversy and it's exhausting and all we want to do is give everyone a voice and and this is this is the last bastion i keep i've said this i've said this a thousand times Podcasting is the last bastion of free speech. It, it, it truly is. Anyone can create content, whether you like them or not, and they can have the ability because of an RSS feed to be able to put their voice out there. Now you have repercussions if you say something you shouldn't, and you can be held accountable for those words. That all goes with the, with the space. That's yeah, always the, been there. Right. It, but the simple fact that we can have an open no, no one tells us you can't. There's no news organization that can cancel us. There's no gatekeepers in this space. And if we're going to have DEI in podcasting, we have to be very big on the capital I. And we have to make sure that this space is inclusive for all, regardless if you don't like somebody. And... Um, my company serves every type of podcaster, every type of podcaster. I, I, I refuse to choose sides. I'm not going to do that because this is not about choosing sides. This is about allowing people to have a voice. Right. That's the bigger agenda here. Thank and you. I, I think Dan tapped into a really good point uh, earlier on when he was telling us about his, his approach to this and that's uh sit around tolerance. Right. I think uh, all of us, I think, you know, I think of myself as, as being accepting and tolerant of other people's thoughts and opinions and, and sure I have my own and they have their own and we can respect each other on that. And, and I think that's, that's where it feels like it's going a little too far, um, is the lack of respect for each other. Um, and the tolerance is, is certainly, uh, and, and obviously, um, trying to stop people from being able to express themselves um, is also against what this medium is about. And it's always been about that. So I think Todd and I are very consistent in our thoughts on this. I mean, I don't see anything that's really changed. I think that there's a few voices out there that are trying to um, foment division. Um, and I, I think that they're in the minority and, I don't think that most people want to think like that. Um, but, but, but Rob, at the same point, that's happening. But Rob, right at the now. same point, I, I can't walk in someone else's shoes. Right. I, I don't know what they've lived and experienced. I can only exactly. listen to exactly. their opinion and what they feel and right. how their right. reaction they is. They feel hurt. 
if and, they feel hurt, that's real to them. And that's so, what's and I respect kind of that. I, I, right. I can't say that I understand it, but I, no, I but, mean, yeah. and, but, oh, it's just been a, it's been an interesting, yeah. it's been an interesting go, an interesting go around. And, yeah. um, it's, it's too bad, really, to be honest with you. It's, we, we come together as supposed to be this open and wanting to share ideas on how to grow shows and how to build audience and how to reach the goals that each individual content creator has. Right. And this just put a whole ax in things. Well, and I guess, Dan, so um, where do you guys think it goes? Uh, what's from your here? thought? I mean, has it really done that yet? Or do you, I mean, are we past the, the tipping point here? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that it's, there's a lot of importance in what podcast movement does next. I was pleased on Friday. You know, I look, I, I found out about this on Thursday when I was leaving the conference and I immediately went and did something I don't normally do, which is just start ranting on social media. I don't typically approach it that way. Um, but I thought this was a bridge too far. I thought this was, this was over the line and, and I, I didn't know who else was going to speak out about it, but I'm like, I, I felt an obligation to say something. I was pleased that I have found a lot of, um, a lot of people raising their hands and saying, you know, we, we, support your approach, which is not to say you have to agree with Ben Shapiro on anything, right? Right. You don't mm -hmm. have to agree with him on anything. That's right. You can think he is wrong about everything he has to say. That's fine. Yeah. But I think that there is consensus I have found with professionals. Okay. Now, look on, tw on Twitter, you get too far into it. You can find somebody that hates everything. Right. But, but in the professional community that we serve, I have found a consensus the people said, yeah, they didn't do this one right. This was not handled in an, in, an, in an appropriate way. And I think that was an indicator to me that there is hope for our industry. I found their post, their activity on Twitter on Friday, I found particularly interesting because they took down the tweets that, you know, we've all been reacting to. And they replaced it with a, a statement that seemed very... Uh, very open, very uh, um, sympathetic to all sides. But at the same time, I think it might have been a Rorschach test because I'm seeing people who are reading it a completely different oh, way yeah. it's, where their replacement yeah. posts, I thought, you know, when they're talking about, uh, you know, ex uh, d accepting people and diversity, I thought they're saying, okay, that includes thinking, that includes thought. And I appreciate that they actually retracted to an extent what they had said before. So I thought, okay, maybe there's hope here. Not everybody's seeing that that way. And I think they've said so little that it's all open to interpretation what their game plan is going to be. One of my big beefs with them, I'm like, look, if you want to have a podcast conference and you want to limit your group of who gets to participate to ideology, people that think a certain way don't think another way. You want to take people who think like half of this country and exclude them from this conference. God bless you. It's your privilege to do that. Please tell us before we show up that that is right. what you are doing. 
please let us know where you stand on these things because every communication from podcast movement never led me to believe that that was going to be an approach. And frankly, we all saw that they sold the booth and then they, you know, ostracized the guy that they sold it to. Uh, so I think that no, there's no illusions here that this was a really well thought out plan. They reacted to something that, um, that, uh, was reacted to by somebody else. And, um, and, and through a series of reactions, they got themselves in a, in a bunch of trouble with everybody. Now everybody hates them, right. Or every, for the minute, right? you know, you know, now, it, I know that. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so. Look, it's hard being podcast movement because you can't please everybody. And I think my assumption is the reason that this even became an issue is because they had good intentions and wanted to be compassionate toward people that maybe mm-hmm. society hasn't always been compassionate towards. Right. And I think it's helpful if we can just pause and honor that, but also say, yeah, but you really blew it on the way you, you executed. So you didn't stick the landing here. You had good intentions. Let's talk about how as serious professionals who are serious about this industry, we can reboot this thing. Or if you want to be an idea, uh, an, uh, 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 if you, if you want to be a group of ideologues who only accept people who think like you do, then just say so and then do that and we'll all go about our business in new ways. I am going to be a part of a movement in podcast that is not limited by what one group decides to do or not. The, the movement that I am going to be a part of and as you know, as long as I'm, I've got the reins at Oxford Road. We will continue to push down this path. Is one that is accepting and tolerant of people with different views, and that actually see differences as an opportunity for us all to grow. I don't think this whole concept that we're working with in America. I don't think this experiment works if you don't have give and take from people with different perspectives. I think that's the foundation of the whole thing. You do away with that, it's over. So for me. I'm going to continue to advocate for reaching across divides and for, for when we come together as an industry for, um, for celebrating differences and treating each other with respect within our community. Um, if they don't want to be a part of that, I'm sure somebody else will. And I will be at the front of that new movement that needs to be uh, created. It's really on them though, how they're going to deal with this. You know, yeah, and that shouldn't be seen as taking one side or the other by by trying to be open to everyone. And that's that mm-hmm. is, I think that's the danger of what um, could happen now, is that people are advocating, um, um, even taking a neutral position as taking sides, and that's that's distorting reality. Is what 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 it is, and I'm I'm concerned about that. You know, uh, Dave Jackson posted something that was covered in uh, James Cridland's newsletter on Pod News today, and Dave did a I yeah, felt I did that. a did a good job in in the post that he put up. And you know, he I think there was something that says leave the politics at the door. And I think you know, as a as a youngster, you know, there was like things you didn't talk about. You didn't like if you're in a group, you left politics off the side. You just left the politics at the door. If you were at a social event, you yeah. left politics. There was other things too. There's like three things. I don't know. It was politics, sex, and something else. You, you just, those Religion. were, yeah, those, you left those at the door to have a good social discourse. And you kind of knew, like, I even remember when my grandfather he used to play devil's advocate sometimes. He was a staunch 
in his political party. He was very staunch, and he'd be about a bunch of those folks with the same ideology, and he'd play devil's advocate and, and flip the switch on everybody, and it always baffled me why he did that, but it was for a good conversation. And um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's troubling. It's really troubled me uh, significantly here. And I've been pretty quiet about it. I, and because it's almost, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a situation where as a content host, as a podcasting host, we work with everybody. And, and, and my team, yeah. it doesn't, I, we don't care what their content is. As long as it isn't, isn't, uh, I'm going to kill you or racist or if someone, you know, if it, long as it falls within our terms of service, come on, you know, we want your content. Uh, we want you to get your voice out. And, and, and I know, Wait, by, by the way, by the way, that's an interesting point about terms of service because, you could create. You can change your terms of service. You're free to do that, and podcast movement can change their terms of service. Right, that's as well. true. That's true. But, right. but not not after the fact. Not when the guy just walked out of your building and you took his money. Right. That was the poor form part. So step one is like, okay, if that's your if that's your new path as an organization, you're free to do it, but disclose. And uh, by the way, if that is going to be your path, um, you might want to find a better way of communicating that to people. But, you know, I support their freedom to do that. And I'm not going to let my involvement in this industry be dictated by an organization who either stumbled or has lost their way to be determined, which it is, you know, uh, but either of those, I, th I think we've got enough people that want to hear from different voices that we will find a way to continue what I think many of us got into this for. Yeah, I think it's the yeah, majority. I think, you guys are on that, I think it's that the majority, yeah. um, and and I think that's that's a reasonable thought. Um, it's certainly those people that are involved in in the hurt of this is what this is all about. And I think it is a there is an element of compassion that we need to be have towards them um, that do feel hurt. And and but I do think that mm -hmm. at the extremes of this is where the most hurt is happening, right? Um, and that's, uh, I don't know how we minimize that. I'm not sure what the solution to that is. Um, because you can't force somebody to, to, you know, accept something that they, they feel like they've been e either fundamentally hurt or threatened somehow. You know, and I'm not yeah. going to relay the type of emails I've got, but I've gotten emails from those on the left and those on the right. Right. And fiery, fiery emails that have yep. come into my inbox about our participation. And I've, we've been very big supporters right. of podcast movement. We go there with a big team. We go there to meet podcasters and talk to podcasters. Again, it's not about politics. It's not, it's, it's about content. It's about creators. It's about people that are trying to build their shows and, and learn good information and have good discourse. So it, it dismays me greatly. And I, I guess that's, you know, one thing that I just, it dismays me greatly, this, this whole incident. And I, I, if, if I was, I don't even know, it, it, God forbid I ever get put in this position, 
but I think they need to hire a, a emergency PR team that's going to help them and some sort of outside source to come in and say, here's here, here and lies the concern and let's get back on track. I, I just hope that they're able to do that. Well, well in the event the that anybody there is right. listening to this, I'm going to, I'm going to do a plug for Bob Bordone and the Cambridge negotiation Institute, because one of the first things we did with the media roundtable was say, Hey, these things get dicey really quick. How could we find some sort of outsourced ombudsman or somebody that could come in and mediate these types of situations? Now, the typical application isn't quite this, but it's very similar. Advertiser has a relationship with a host. They sponsor them sometimes for years. Host says something that is not received well. Advertiser gets blowback. Now, what is advertiser to do? Our, our recommendation at Brands was first thing you do is hit pause. You don't hit cancel. You don't terminate. You don't make a statement. You pause and you start fact-finding. But then we wanted to create an opportunity for somebody who is actually trained to mediate these types of situations to come in. And these are Harvard negotiators who deal with complex uh, interpersonal situations where you have to find, uh, you have to have a mediated solution that deals with multiple stakeholders. It's complex stuff. I would, I, we genuinely made a partnership with them so that anybody who wants a resource to navigate this type of thing can go to them. So there are third parties who can do this sort of thing. We found them. We, you can go to mediaroundtable.com and, and contact them or contact us and we'll get you in touch. And there's no cost to us for that. You'll have to pay for the time. But like these things need to be managed a little bit more thoughtfully than they have been. Cause it just feels like reaction upon reaction. Right. And then it's like, digging, keep digging like a hole. Keep digging of, a hole. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. I mean, are these people exactly. skilled at, um, at, at creating conversations with, um, you know, online communities in this process? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, I think there are, I think there's an industry around this. I think the applications vary. There's also groups like, um, braver angels, um, who are all about, uh, depolarization and creating communities that can talk about difficult topics in a way that is actually edifying and doesn't tear everybody apart. Like I said, the national Institute for civil discourse and common sense American, what they started doing is they started finding political issues where maybe nobody knew it, but there was a lot of agreement on two sides of an issue and or, or on the left and on the right. And they got them to come together and start writing uh, legislation that everybody can stand behind because there's a lot of opportunities for collaboration across the aisle. People don't know about it. It doesn't get any attention. So there are a lot of groups that are working on these problems. And I think that, you know, part of it is just being able to talk about it and say, you know, that's okay. We're all dealing with this on some levels. We're, we're dealing with it at Thanksgiving dinner with our families. We're dealing with it at parties and at sporting events. We're dealing with it at work. We're all dealing with it at work. And even whether a podcast is recreation or whether that's your profession, uh, we're now dealing with it here. And we, but we have to square off with these things and we have to face them head on because, you know, there are all these mini, uh, there, there's all these mini secessions happening where people just say, it's not worth it. 
we're going to go our way, you go yours. We're going to not only disagree with each other, we're going to judge each other and we're going to stop engaging. And that's why you get Jeremy's razors versus Harry's razors. That's why you get truth social instead of everybody coming together on Twitter. And my fear for our whole society, for our democracy as we understand it, is that it is predicated on the idea that we can share space. And if we have to create red pipes and blue pipes and red products, and you, you, you either drink Starbucks or you drink Black Rifle, you don't get to, you know, it's not, there's no common ground with any of this stuff anymore. I, I think we're going down a bad path. So for me, I think it's very important as an industry that we make a statement that we want to, we can demand values and respect for each other. And, and, and we can define that um, in terms of what we're going to allow in group settings. But I think that we have to choose as a community that we're going to advocate for, for not only to allow people with differences, but actually to, to desire that different voices would come together from time to time and find ways to collaborate. You know, I go back to, and I probably have never told this story. I go back to 2005 when I formed the podcast awards and I created an LGBTQ category for the podcast awards. And I was asked why. And the simple response, actually my, not my simple, my aggressive response to that was, this is, this is one group, a community that has had no voice has been at the yeah. time, you know, the mainstream and in 2005, we're living on a different, planet. different planet. And I'm like, right. why not? They have embraced podcasting. They're coming out, creating great content for people that have been, their voices have been squelched. So it just, and I don't have a conservative category. I don't have a liberal category. Mm -hmm. I have categories about content and people. And, uh, it just, this outrage industrial complex that you refer to is maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is if there is, but. Well, I, I do, I do think we've got some causes for hope and you know, it's interesting when I talk about nutrition labels, because if you're a creator, you're kind of like, Oh, you're going to label me and you know, judge me for that. And I'm kind of like, well, yeah, because if you have no information whatsoever, like you, I don't believe that we're going to deal with an open internet and um, and people getting to say whatever they want with the solutions that are being brought to bear. You can't get people to just allow everything; they won't. And the reactions are so unstructured right. and unhealthy that I think we need some sort of compromise solution. And and so, you know, we did it with consumer packaged goods. You know, what this is what we did you know, at the, at the turn of the century, uh, when we started, when we had an FDA and we started saying, Hey, you know what? People are eating all this food. We need to have some standards so people know what the ingredients are. Let them eat what they want generally, unless it's going to kill them that like <laughs> straight line to that. It, you can't poison people, but you can let them take in things that may not be healthy, but they need to have that that choice. They need to have that informed choice. And I think there are ways to do it. And I don't think we need government intervention on it, but I do think there has to be some compromise. And I think that 
the what people want in the advertising community, they're not looking to end polarization. They're not thinking about it that way. They're going, how do I not get yelled at by my board or by my CEO because I exposed them to this thing that I, you know, they don't want to spend an afternoon or a couple of weeks on that. No, who would, right? But because we're now as an industry moving towards these brand safety and suitability tools, there is starting to be more awareness of what it goes inside of the podcast. What are those ingredients that make it what it is? And I think that the people's need to protect themselves from bad surprises and people's need to get money is going to force them to start behaving a little bit differently. But my hope is that while we're doing these very pragmatic solutions that should turn the temperature down a little bit, that we don't forget why it's really important that we do it. And it's so that we don't have our right to speak freely unnecessarily limited. In, you know, and, you it, know the, the, the solution of deplatforming, forget it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, you know, it, it, it seems like everyone is scared to talk about this topic and all that does is foment it of an environment that creates more toxicity. Um, if nobody's talking about it fairly, I think where the issue is just like what we're doing right now, I think this is a classic example of a fair and open discussion that isn't pointing fingers at either side. No. isn't accusing anybody of doing anything wrong. All it's doing is talking about the, the culture of the discourse, right. And, and what we're doing amongst each other that is not helpful to anyone. Right. And, and that's, that's what, um, the industry needs somehow to have leadership like that, that can say it's okay for people to talk about these topics, but not feel like, their business and their very livelihood and their existence is under threat. And, and, and that's, it, that's the yeah. problem. And if you as an individual hate someone's guts, don't listen to them. Right. You know, and it, right. it, it's a, you know, I, again, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult, <laughs> you know, and you might ask with you, I, the advertisers on brand safety, I just, I don't care about that part. I know you do. <laughs> what I care about is content creators having the ability to say what they want anytime they yeah. want to say it within their own knowledge that what they say is going to be judged and is going to be commented yeah. upon um, and keep the space open. And it's, well, and it's, I, it is, I know it's, it, <laughs> No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, and it's it's. I hate to break it down and make it that simple. It's much more, much more complex, obviously. But in the end, yeah. Go ahead. No, I I, I am in full agreement with you. Speech is what we need to protect here, and you know, people say that social media is not a public square, or podcast is not a public square, so it doesn't always apply here. Some of the thinking, but it's like what. You know, we were all locked down for a long time. We were not allowed to go in public. So if this is not a public square, what is? Right, right, right exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, I genuinely believe that you don't have democracy without free speech. No, you do Totally didn't. believe that. But I think that we also have to look at 
we've got a unique set of problems here when people can say anything to anyone, it gets amplified. Now, you know, if you go back and look at the history, misinformation is not a new thing. Benjamin Franklin was doing it before America was a country and in pamphlet wars and people saying whatever they wanted about each other. Uh, our, our founding fathers did it to each other. You know, that's fine. Um, we're going to try to nip that in the bud the best we can. But, you know, to be able to say anything to anyone in a public venue is is a hard challenge. And so I, I don't want to see freedoms limited, but I do think there needs to be more due process in how we deal with things that people say um, and proxies for our justice system in our commercial application. Because if you don't have some system, if you don't have some standards and practices for what a sponsor is going to put their money behind, then um, the whole thing becomes unruly. And what people do is it's McCarthyism. You get guilt by association. They throw the baby out with the bathwater. And if you look like somebody that thinks a certain way, uh, or what you said might be taken to mean something that could be painted in a certain uh, way, then then you don't have the right to exist there anymore. And we can say anything about you or do anything to you, and that's okay. And that's where I see everything going. So I think that there does need to be some good faith effort on the part of the industry to say, you know, we're willing to stand accountable for what we say in appropriate ways. And to be commercially incentivized or disincentivized to say things that are seen to be, you know, loving or kind or unkind. Um, but I, I think it's to protect the freedom to get to say whatever you want. Right. And so I, that's, that was my conclusion. Yeah. I think that the institutions or the organizations in this medium need to hold themselves to a little higher level of, of, um, in, in their, their communications, um, externally too. Um, I think that's, that's a lot of where the mistake was made here was the, the emotional nature of an organization's response, um, it was disproportionate reactions, reactions, reactions. And, you know, I think too, is it's one of those situations where if, you know, if, if I, if I, I type something and I read it twice and three times. I say, mm-hmm. and I, and oftentimes I'll delete it because it probably wasn't going to end well if I was going to send the yeah. tweet as I was going to send it. And sometimes I'll get a second opinion. I'll go to my social media team and says, does that look right? And well, we're all emotional in, in, beings, in a right? different perspective. Right. And so, but at the same time, yeah. It's concerning about the initial message. Take a pause. Totally. And so to and, and, yeah. and make sure that what you're putting out there is really what you want to foment in the world, as well as representing your organization and brand. Exactly. And brand. Right. Yeah. Now that's, that's wise counsel for all of us. You know, to me, this issue, it highlights the problem that we're all dealing with but just brings it really close to home for me. And it's a moment where we're going to, we have to make a decision as contributors. Are we, are, are we going to be able to work through this stuff or not? And podcast movement is in a unique position because it's all about, to me, it's all about what they do next. 
It's all about their next move. They've already showed like, okay, <laughs> something didn't happen. We didn't get the response we wanted to on this, you know, if they even thought about it at all. Um, but, but are they truly going to make amends and do something that's constructive and healthy and redemptive with this situation? Or are they going to, are they going to double down on one side or another, or do a half measure? In, in, and yeah, I, and that's, it's their game to lose. And, and I made a comment and I probably said it to Rob and I probably said it to a few people individually at the show that morning. I said, this is bad for business. And yeah. regardless of the message, it's bad for business because yeah. we want podcasting space to be known as being open and being inclusive yeah. and being diverse. And, it, and this is the opposite of that. This is yeah. it was bad for business. And and bad for business. And and again, I understand the emotional piece. So it's not always about dollars and cents. I, if I if I would wanted worried about the dollar and cents, I'd have sold Blueberry Podcasting years ago. It's about giving people and allowing people to have a have a voice. And and again, this this open free speech market. I don't even know if that's a word, but you know, having free speech is well, really important to me. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And I think there's going to be, you know, there's one one of three things is going to happen here. Um, podcast movement is going to deliberately or accidentally find themselves with a, a conference that caters to one side of this country and, um, and be make decisions based on the most extreme voices on one side. And then you're going to have the daily wire and cumulus and others who go to the other side and say, we're going to have the opposite of that. Or podcast movement is going to say, no, we're going to, we're going to hit reset on this thing. And we're going to go back to what we told you we were going to do, which is honor diversity, including of thought and political ideology if they don't do that, we will. If they don't do that, we will. So it's not it, we're it's not over for the industry. No, it's just a, not at all. It's just sad. It's just it's just a bummer. And I hope that they can take the mantle that they already have and carry it forward, and that they don't create these unnecessary divisions where you either take your information and your your best practices from one side or the other. But do, do, do we have to freaking politicize who your hosting platform well it also puts what the best practices are i mean as an industry perspective it it, it puts everybody in a difficult position because um it 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 could potentially force us to pick sides if we want to participate in these conferences and that's not in the best interest i'm not going to pick a side my side is either Mm -hmm. you're going to accept both sides or we're going to find a space that does. We're going to create right. a space that does. I will not play for my business. We we're not going to get partisan as an industry. We won't won't stand for it. And I and I think that you know the good news is I I feel uh, alignment with with you guys and appreciate the work that you're doing. And I think there are a lot of people looking at it the way we are and saying you know we can run to our corners or we can stay. We can keep our tent big and make room for both and we will find a way to create a space that honors that so 
we don't have to change. They can, they, but they have to make a decision. I'm very interested to see what they do. I, anyway, I, guys, I, I know you got a hard this stop. This is awesome. I, I can go <laughs> four hours with you guys on this. Uh, I, I, I hope the conversation continues. It, it will. And give people a, just a real quick before you go, how they can reach out to you. Sure. Well, um, you can always go to OxfordRoad.com and uh, that's an easy way to sign up for our newsletter, The Influencer. And uh, we try to cover um, thought leadership and, and have and provide perspectives on things that are going on in, in our industry for, from where we sit. And um, the Media Roundtable is our podcast. You can also go to TheMediaRoundtable.com and we have resources there. Um, but just, you know, this, these are confusing times. And what we've tried to do is lean into that from the podcast perspective and, and from the perspective of a marketer and say, what's the right way to deal with this stuff so that we're not just part of the problem. We're not just reacting and we're not just cowering because this stuff is hard. How do we lean straight into it in a way that's actually loving and constructive and uniting and helps you grow your business all at the same time? That's what we're trying to do here. So OxfordRoad.com, MediaRoundtable.com. Thanks for so coming on. Yeah, so one last really quick question. Um, what do you think that the sure. industry can do from here forward to contribute to a solution here? Is there anything that you, any sage advice that you can you can suggest? Well, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I think that it's important that podcast movement continue to hear from people in the community the idea that we don't want to have a fragmented ecosystem. We don't need to have left podcast and right podcast. We don't have to do that. We can choose to respond differently to other industries and we can actually make this a redemptive thing and call them to that outcome. We can call them to do better than they have. We don't have to judge them for what they did. We just have to ask them to do better going forward. And if yep. they don't, then reach out to me because let me tell you something we're gonna we're gonna find we're gonna have an answer to this it's gonna happen (laughs) we'll just see if podcast movement's gonna be a part of that thank you for coming out movement marches on there we go thanks guys right care awesome thank you thanks dan (sighs) yeah it's been a i've i've struggled this past week rob yeah, I think that there's good good reason I I have as well. Um, trying to make sense of it all and trying to um, make sure that the choices that I make um, are are the right ones as well. I mean, this forces all of us to you know double check ourselves yep. about how we're looking at the world and how we're looking at what's fair um, between people that disagree with each other at a very emotional level um, and, and not discount the hurt that is incurred really on both sides. Um, Right. Right. And you know, it's, it's very easy for me to say, Oh, let's just be inclusive for everyone. Let's be diverse for everyone. And that's, and it's very easy to say that now it's more difficult to actually, well, what's, what is the path? But you know, people are scared, right? But I, I don't have to defend what my business has done. You don't have to defend what your business has done because we have open arms invited every type of creator to come and create content. 
We've been talking about this for years this is, on this, this show. This is, you right. know, I have nothing to defend. I just, it, I'm troubled. Yeah, it's it's an inflection point, right? That we have a a choice, you know, which which way do we want to go on this? You know, I, you know, where does the industry want to go on this? Do we want to go divided, yeah. or do we want to somehow force ourselves back together again, even though it might be difficult? You know, I um, had we we got a few comments from the last show, and we didn't address this, and out of respect to the event, we did not discuss it well, during our live event. I well, made a we kind of alluded to it at the end. At of the, the end, event. I made right. a I made a comment at the end, right. and um, and I've actually been pretty quiet on social media too on my response to this and. I have not had additional uh, communications with uh, Dan or Jared um, up to this point because it's in their ballpark. It's it's in their wheelhouse to to determine what they're going to do going forward. Though I think they are representatives of the industry, and I do think that um, industry people at all levels need to contribute to this discussion. Um, as much as possible, because those folks shouldn't be doing this in isolation. They shouldn't be doing this without, um, even if it's private communications, um, there should be feedback that's flowing in there. So they know podcast movement knows that what they're doing has support out there, whether one way or the other, the, the feedback that I wrote up that I went over thoroughly with my team, I didn't send because I felt still. I was too emotional yeah. and didn't want to send a, an email that would do more harm than good. So that's why I have personally, that's why at least my company has not had a further discourse. Yeah. Now, if, right. if Dave and Dan and Jared wants to have a conversation, uh, one-on-one, I, I'm happy to have a conversation one-on-one with them. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, I mean, my speech here today doesn't represent my employer. Right. This is, right. These are my views based on 18 years in this medium. I agree. Yeah. And, um, though there may be some, you know, because of who I work for, right. there, there, there could be some assumptions that this is Lipson's policy, but it isn't necessarily Lipson's policy. Lipson wants to be inclusive of everyone. All right. you can do is go look at the terms of service that we have and we're all about free speech. Um, so trying to exclude people based on, um, what they put out in their podcast is really not what we're about. You know, there's been times when some questionable content has come across sure, and, sure. you know, that's, we, we've had happened. to, we've had to take yeah. a look, but you that's know, guided by our terms of service and it's guided by the law. That's right. Right. It's not guided by some emotional response that's that right. any of us have. That's right. So, right. And, and it's, and I understand the emotional response. I do. It makes total sense. You know, but it doesn't always make for people being able to live together. Right. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all could? Yeah. Well, that may be too much to ask. Todd. <laughs> yeah. I think there's always been conflicts between humans. And I think if you go, go back in the earliest histories yeah. of, of human existence, <laughs> there hasn't been always a lot of cooperation. So there's a long history of 
fighting amongst humans. No, oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. A little bit of it even still going on right now. Right. You know, right. Uh, outside of uh, this series of events. But, so maybe we are expecting a, a utopia <laughs> of sorts, Todd, that may not be realistic, but I, I do, I, I do agree with Dan. And this is why I brought Dan on is because Dan was the perfect voice for the moment. And this is, you know, his exposure to the podcasting medium, his exposure to his podcast that he's been doing for a couple of years about dealing with brand safety. And because this is also, if, if this gets out of control, this is also going to impact the advertising oh, industry too. absolutely. But again, I'm not so concerned about that. Yeah. What it's I'm, a, what I'm concerned about is, industry, is, so, right. is creators cooperatively working together to build this base up. Well, that's what, that's what you and I care about. But you know, and here's the thing when we're at the event, I I don't, I don't know. I I, I know you as a creator. Maybe I know your gender bias or whatever the, and I, and I probably use the wrong term there. I, it doesn't matter to me, you know, that, that's I can accept me, whatever decision that you make in your life that's that's relevant to you. It's I none mean, of my business, why would I, you know. Right. And you know, we're here to help creators succeed in whatever right. content. I I talk to all you do too. I talk to a lot of creators every week, all kinds of backgrounds. And, and actually, Todd, to most a lot of the people that I've talked to or, over the last probably four or five days. Um, not that many people are really caught up in this. That's so, true. So I think we need to, you know, we tend to think that this is a big threat to the podcasting. Medium I don't think it's a threat. Our, I don't consider right, a threat. Right. And, and I think that there's a danger of overblowing right. the That's significance true. of this. That's true. Um, and, and making it more important than it really is. But I do think it's a, it's a moment for podcast movement. Uh, I think is who I'm thinking about more and concerned about their future and what they've chosen, the path that they've chosen to head down. You know, there is no, there's no guarantee that daily wire is still not going to do some sort of legal against them. There is, there is no, I, yeah, I would say yeah, everything's on the table. I, right I now. you know, I would, it's even to the point where potentially they could become a competitor. And again, did that, you know, you look at, you look at, there isn't a history with that. Well, yeah, because in for those of you who don't know is Harry's razors canceled advertising with daily wire. And because they said, we can't be associated with your content or whatever the right. circumstances were. And they right. went out and formed Jeremy's razors and did a full, full blown. They're competing with Harry's razors today. Now I don't know to what extent, yeah, it's um, this whole parallel economy thing that Dan but, was alluding to but is, we don't, is but, the danger of this. And it's it, already happening, unfortunately, right. in our world. But so yeah. and and I know that Daily Wire was how should we say it? They were not happy that other people have not come out in their defense. Yeah. And and I understand that. Um I do. It's it's a situation though. Well, I just, you know, again, I have to fall back to where I personally feel about the space. I, I'm not picking sides. Right. No way. And this is the role that you and I have played in this medium since the very beginning. And I think that there, I think we both felt um, 
pressure to not expose our companies to, to, you know, risk in this, all this. But yet at the same time, I feel a responsibility to be a conduit for solutions in this industry. And I've always taken that role. And if that puts me a little bit um, at, at, at risk here, that comes with the territory. It's always come with the territory. Right, right. Um, talking about co- controversial things, uh, ones that are emotional. Hasn't really been something that happens a lot in podcasting well, I, up I, to this point. I got, I got pretty emotional about it. And, uh, no, no, about this particular, yeah, incident, this particular I'm, thing. Absolutely. I'm talking about it in the past, but there, there has been things that we've been, that have happened in the past in this medium that have had us concerned. True. Um, but I'm not sure that the concern was quite at the same level as this. I think the main thing that we just, irregardless of what happens on social media, and we just take that out of the equation. Let's just take the social, the social right. blowback piece. I think the majority of us of content creators and you and I are definitely, you know, we've been here from the beginning is that the most important thing we want is for creators to feel free to create content the way they want to do and be passionate about the content that they're passionate about and be able to have discourse, be able to have conversations with their audiences and to be held accountable when they say something they shouldn't or something controversial. I've said stuff in my tech show where I've had someone come back and, and put me on blast. You know, and I've said stuff on social media before that was taken out, taken in a context that I never intended to have. And I had to step back and say, okay, you know, how I said it in social media or how I typed it didn't come across the way that I would have portrayed it in a personal Mm -hmm. sense. So sometimes that you can get in trouble on the keyboard warrior thing in in a real (laughs) hurry. You know, you just dig yourself a deeper hole. I've taken social media uh, standbacks. I've had my team talk to me about social media responses at times where it wasn't quite mm-hmm. on par and what it should be. I've and I've had to learn over the years too. I have too. And I've, I've made made missteps before too and said something that I shouldn't have said. And that's right. There, there's there's blowback from it. That's and there's right. certainly a, a risk of that happening here today with this show. Yeah. But I don't I, I don't think that we have done that. I think we've been fair to everyone yeah. and that's, that is, and we've been fair to ourselves too. Um, and that is equally important, uh, for you and I in the relationship that we have with the podcast community and what that's been over the 10 years that we've been doing this show. Right. So I'm sure many of you have comments. I've seen some of them coming across <laughs> in Facebook today. I'm not necessarily in a position to want to answer some of these, um, except to let you know that we hear your voices and we understand your concern. And um, it's, it's a situation where, you know, Rob, you know, Rob and I had a discussion yesterday about this a little bit before we did the show and we had one goal. We're not making this political. We're never going to make this show political. That's, that's not, that's never, you know, there might be something we'll talk about here and there, but it's not going to be a political I mean, bias show. Right. Politics belongs in certain parts <laughs> of the right. podcasting right. industry. Go, I'm yeah. not saying that politics <laughs> is not involved in podcasting. Right, right. But, but it, it doesn't have to impact what we do either on this show or with our work as a, 
as a platform to further the interests of podcasts and to be a business that operates successfully in this medium um, on a global scale. And believe me, I listen to what all of you have to say. Mm -hmm. And I take that input to the best of my ability and absorb that and try to understand completely how you are feeling about things that happen, including this. And some of it, I probably will never fully understand, but I'm listening and I understand this is how you feel. And that is to be respected because that is the way you feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And all I can do as a content creator is to make sure, and in the position that I'm in the space, is to make sure that you know that you're welcome to create content and I'll fight for your ability to create content and be heard. Yeah, and we don't want to be a conduit of you feeling like you're you're um, in some harm's way of some sort, no. um, either emotionally or physically or what whatever. That's never our 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 business model no. of trying to do no. that. Right? So, no, so it doesn't even make sense to actually for, for for us to even be thought of in that way um, because we've always had the best of intentions. Um, when I was- we do carry agendas. <laughs> so we have to be fair about it, but, but not necessarily in this context. So after I left, um, podcast movement, I went to an event in Las Vegas and I was speaking mm-hmm. in front of, uh, three, 400 different types of creators across mm-hmm. different genres. It was great to hear the desire to want to do better and to have greater content and to have better outreach. And then I left that group, which was largely a group of professionals. And then I went to uh, DragonCon. And the DragonCon event is the epitome of diversity. And right. it, every, doesn't matter, young, old, white, black, young, it's, it's every, everything. And, <laughs> and, right. and, you know, every time I go to that event, I, you, you and I have been to the event before, but I try to be a, a I fly in the wall and I try to listen and suck up what these folks are saying. Here is what it really boiled down to this year. And I kept hearing it again and again and again is people that have all these great creative ideas, stuff that I would never imagine to, 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 and some of the stuff I couldn't follow because I didn't know the lore or the storyline or the, you know, the series they were responding to. But there is so many people that have these fantastic creative voices that are trying to get their content out there in front of people because this is what they love to do. This is their passion is to create content. Didn't matter if they're doing it on Twitch. Didn't matter if they're doing a TikTok. Didn't matter if they're doing it on YouTube. Didn't matter if they're doing it as a podcast. They all had one thing in common. They want to build an audience to be able to hear their, hear their, hear their, their art. and it really was refreshing to just to see it was like a whole nother level of passion. And it was like a focus passion, you know, yep. a dragon con fact, a focus, uh, passion. And I, I'll give, uh, Charles McFalls, uh, the track leader of the digital media track, uh, huge kudos, uh, 8 a.m. or actually 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. three days in a row, chock full of content, 
big panels, room at bursting levels. Um, there's this huge, huge, huge desire. And this is just one community that wants to, to have their art heard or seen mm-hmm. or yeah. interpreted. And freedom of expression is really oh, what, what that event is all about. It, um, not even that. It's, of course, it's that as well. But it's like, I, I do not, I wear what I'm wearing on this show. I go on a polo shirt. I don't try to be a poser. I don't wear nothing Star Wars or Star Trek or anything. So you didn't wear a dinosaur suit this time, Todd? I don't wear a dinosaur suit. <laughs> and there was only one dinosaur there, but there was people that. Oh, there was. Wow, yeah, that's there, disappointing. There was, yeah. but people, you know, thousands and thousands of different. It was just amazing. Watch people come off the escalator and just like be wowed. And then things right. really get crazy after about 8 p.m. at night. And then the, either more crazy costumes come out. But it right. it's just this, their big party. They have a lot of fun. It's like the, no one's there to judge. That's that's something, too. No, something to learn from that. No one to judge. Right. And I think that's what it boils down to. There was no no judgment at that event. And I'm sure there was jealousy about great costumes and great cosplay and everything else, but it it just had this, you know, this good, good vibe. And, um, and I guess if you've never been to a con, (laughs) comic con or dragon con or whatever type of event like that might be worth you as if you've never attended just to go on and hang out. And if you want to, Getting cosplay, that's great. If you don't want to be a poser and just show up in a polo shirt like me, then that's great too. Um, but it, it, I think it'll give people some perspective because mm-hmm. there was guaranteed there was people there that were um, in some pretty outrageous costumes that I thought, wow, that was pretty risky to wear, <laughs> right. you know, and put a smile on your face. So... I don't know, just a whole different level of, of freedom. And I think that's what we got to have. That's what we, what we need to make sure stays alive in this messaging is the freedom to, to do what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freedom to express, freedom to share, freedom to create yeah. um, whatever art. And that's really what podcasting is, is a form of art. Yeah. So express <laughs> yourself out there. So, but anyway, Todd, I know this was a pretty heavy, heavy topic show. Yeah. Let's know how we did. The comment so far says we're balanced. So thank you for that. And uh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow as we put this out on the air for, or on the podcast waves for people to, uh, to listen in on. And uh, Dan and Jared, if you've been listening, I I hope uh, that you understand we've done this with the, the full recognition of uh, hopefully that you're listening to the community, which I know you are. Right. And um, we'll, I just wish the best for the community in, in any potential healing here that can be accomplished for many though, Todd, there's no healing to be done. So um, it's just for people that care about this particular issue. And we, so are you about- saying, so are you saying that some 
There's no healing Our, because there's no foul, or there's healing because they didn't even know that. Oh, this was they happening. didn't know what happened. Right, right, right. So they don't think that anything. See, I think we think that the whole industry really follows industry news. But right, right. I don't right. think it does. Right. I don't know how many times I go out and I talk to new podcasters and say, "Have you ever heard of podcast movement?" Right. No, that's I've true never too. Heard about that. That's true. Right. Or Podfest or any type of industry gathering, yeah. there's very limited actual knowledge. And matter of fact, out, out there, no one has it. Dragon Con, Naria, one person said, what happened to podcast movement? Right. You know, Naria one. So they didn't even know. So, you know, we're kind of in the micro or we're right there kind of in the middle of the guts of the thing and seeing yeah, what's happening real time. So. Yeah. So I think the thing to, to really take away is that podcasting is much bigger than than any controversy that happens coming out of a podcast movement. Um, that's a microcosm of the industry. That's a, a small snapshot of what, maybe 10,000 people mm-hmm. out of an, uh, of an in a global industry of probably multi-millions. Um, and not that many people pay attention to it. To be quite honest. I mean, I mean, th- think about how large the newsletter that James puts out every day. Right. What's about 20, 25,000 subscribers. So it's not that many um, as well. Right. So I, I do think that the impact of this is being amplified by all of the publicity around, uh, you know, what's been happening in this dynamic beyond podcast mm-hmm. movement. Um, I think there's more people aware of it than probably, you know, there's a lot of people outside of podcasting that are aware of it. Right. Yeah. That are now being exposed to it because of newspaper articles right. and, right. and other, you know, the, the daily wire putting out all their stuff out on their platform as well. So and that leads me to another topic. I'm not ready to talk about yet because it hasn't been completely firmed up, but uh, I'm going to have a big opportunity to talk about open podcasting in October in a very unique place. Yeah. I'm so, not going. So that, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm sure there is going to be questions asked but you can be assured that I'm going to go with my values intact and talk about inclusivity in the space. Did you uh, want to share what that is yet? Not or? yet. Not yet. Not okay. yet. So, All right. um, that's, well, we'll save that. We'll save that one for another day. <laughs> we had an opportunity to do this show there. So. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we'll, 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 we'll talk about it when things are more firmed up and I'll, okay. I'm, and find out what I'm actually uh, going to be speaking about. But, um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to be the event that I'm going to be at is the NAB New York coming up and, uh, advertising week in New York, which are operating simultaneously. Um, and Lipson's getting a booth at the NAB New York event. And, um, there's been some conversations with the NAB folks about membership and mm. maybe a new program, uh, within the NAB, um, around podcasting. So oh, that's interesting. I don't know what's going to come out of that. It depends on what we want to do as an industry. If we want to look to the NAB as a, as a place that we want to, um, work with, um, to grow the industry and, um, in that direction, I think it's a stretch for them right now. Um, because of how they look at their particular membership base. Um, but you know, it's, it's something I've, I've opened discussions with just to kind of get their, their, their feeling of it. Without divulging, um, 
the coordinator of the event that I'll be attending, which does require a passport, um, is looking for additional people in the podcasting space to participate. Mm-hmm. So, Rob, if you have any ideas of folks, I've forwarded a couple of names already. Feel feel to uh, forward a couple of names to her if you have some okay. thoughts uh, okay. of who might be good to go over there and and represent the open nature of podcasting. <laughs> that will make more sense after Todd fills in all the details. That's but, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so. Jack says, where can I find more info on getting started? Um, I guess for becoming a podcaster, well, there's two great places, <laughs> Libsyn.com or blueberry.com. So uh, go over and check our platforms out. No, just, you know, search, you know, getting started on podcasting. Mm-hmm. There's plenty yeah. of topics out there. There's um, plenty of, uh, videos on YouTube that yeah. you can watch the, you know, the key concepts to starting a podcast or something like that. Yeah. Um, Lists. Yeah, you can certainly do that. And uh, blueberries without the ease because we couldn't afford the ease. So if you go to spell <laughs> that. <laughs> so Todd, I think we're at the bottom of the hour. Yes, so we are. We, 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 we got here. So everyone, thanks for being here. Um, love, can't wait for your feedback to come in. I'm Todd at blueberry.com at Geek News on Twitter. And yeah. uh, go ahead, I'm Rob. I'm on Twitter too. And I would love to hear your, your feedback on this show too. And and your ideas on you know what this industry should do going forward, given the discussion we've had today, and 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 I think the more people that kind of speak up and and voice their their thoughts, I, I think the better at, at this point. Now I think a lot of people, like I mentioned, are scared to say something, and I think that the way to handle that is to speak fairly about topics and don't speak divisively. Yeah. So. And thanks, everybody, for being here again, newmediashow.com. Please follow or subscribe to the show. It's been our pleasure to bring the show to you. We'll be back live again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on all of your social media channels, including YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I think I said YouTube, too. So, everyone, take care. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on the New Media Show. Take care. Okay, take care. Bye. Thanks, everybody.